Hello and welcome to the third edition of Dr. Roundbottom's Field Sounds, brought to you by the Roundbottom Research Foundation and Professor Valesworth's Health Tonics. Professor Valesworth has the tonic for what ails you. I am Emily Watkins and I am your hostess. I must apologize in advance for any technical difficulties in this edition. I'm afraid we have not been kind to our recording device in our recent adventures. It is in need of tending by our tinkerer. Unfortunately, funds do not allow us to purchase a tinkerer service at this time. We will be launching a membership drive in the very near future. If you enjoy the research disseminated by the Foundation, please do consider purchasing membership. If you are a respectable business person, interested in sponsorship or endorsement opportunities, please contact us via the Informatitron. Now to the subject of this edition. Dr. Roundbottom could not be with us at this time. In the aftermath of the Bogot recordings, he is presenting a paper at a symposium held by the city's prestigious Adventurers Club. He thanks you for your warm wishes and will be back with new research next week. This week's field recording is a bit of an accident. Julius can be a tad forgetful at times, and recently, while working on another project, he left the recording device running in the park while returning to his laboratory to collect some tools. While he was gone, the device recorded something quite amazing. In all my years in the city, I have never heard this, although I have read many stories about fairy music. The sophistication here leads us to believe that the music is performed by incredibly rare noble fairies. Dr. Roundbottom has been seeking contact with the noble fairies for several years without success. As has been well documented in the early research of Thistledown, noble fairies communicate through elaborate games and puzzles rather than direct dialogue. Is it possible that they made this recording deliberately as a means of a conversational gambit with the doctor? He has not been able to devote his attention to it fully, and I suspect he does not have the patience to puzzle this one out, so that task is left for us. I believe that the noble fairies have been watching the good doctor work for some time now, and his ongoing intervention in the Bogart Bird Queen matter may have carried some favor with the nobility. So let us listen together and see if we might puzzle out what they are saying.
I can't make it out. But I'm certain there is some message woven into the notes of the music here. This reminds me of an incident from my grand tour. The sirens of Vulsk Rock off the Isles of Autumn sing in rich, polyphonic tones. Their voices are some of the most beautiful tones ever heard by any human. And scientists do not yet fully understand how the siren song has such an effect on a person's mind. But as in the stories of old, it, it has a hypnotic effect, causing sailors to drive their boats onto the rocks where the carnivorous avians feast on the befuddled survivors. I purchased passage on a boat tour of the waters surrounding the rock run by an old deaf fisherman. And we left from the port of Decreases, and each seat on the dow had manacles stripped from an old slave ship. Each passenger, as we took our seats, were locked in by the deaf fisherman. His daughter, a beautiful little girl, not much older than twelve, explained to us that without the manacles we would throw ourselves overboard and into the maws of the waiting sirens. I was suspicious of the siren song's effect at first, but as the Dow sailed closer to Volsk Rock, the most amazing sounds began to fill the air. I found myself entering a haze of pleasantness and filled with a desire to do nothing more than get closer to those sweet sounds. The closer I grew, the more pleasurable the experience. But as the deaf captain steered us away from the rock, pleasure turned to pain. And, and I sobbed. One man next to me ripped up his manacles, which had been poorly fastened to the waterlogged wood of the deck, and he dove overboard to certain death, and I wanted nothing more than to join him. Three days passed before the siren song truly let go of my mind. I returned each morning to visit the captain and implore, via his little daughter, to let me take another trip to the rock. But they refused. Soon I realized that nearly every passenger returned, asking for repeat voyages. But they had learned that returning was far too risky. The girl explained that the song's effect was progressively stronger each time and repeat visitors would claw through their own arms in order to get off the boat. Dreadful. I forget what it was that reminded me of the sirens. Oh, well. I'm sure with repeated listening, someone will discern the hidden messages in our fairy music. Be sure to share your thoughts with us via the Informatitron. We always appreciate hearing your opinions. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful evening, wherever you may be.